If you're going to self-manage your rental properties, you know I'm a big fan of finding that proper tool to get the job done. Well, we want to tell you about RentReady. RentReady is a really awesome property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. Collect rent online and get paid. Find that perfect tenant with their screening and listing services and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using card, ACH, or cash, set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it, and even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. Did we also mention that RentReady is unlimited and all of this is flat priced? No tricks or hidden fees. RentReady is designed for people to manage their own properties so you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the REI Mastermind Network. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only $54 at RentReady.com when you use our special code MASTERMIND. That's RentReady.com, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code MASTERMIND, M-A-S-T-E-R. M-I-N-D at RentReady.com to get RentReady's annual plan for only $54. We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. Well, we have Rob Stevens on the line with Avalara My Lodge Tax. And you told me I was gonna maybe trip that thing up, so. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> so, well, I really appreciate your time, but as always, I'm gonna just throw it to you, Rob, regarding uh, your introduction. Yeah, sure. So. I'll try to keep it brief. So I'm the uh, co-founder and general manager of Avalara Mylodge Tax. It's actually a company I started a long time ago, over 15 years ago. And I started it because I was a short-term rental um, you know, operator myself. I purchased a second home in Vail, Colorado because I'm a big skier and you know, was fortunate with, with uh, you know, my brother-in-law and wife. We, we threw it together and purchased it. But you know, started renting it. We needed the income to rent it. And so we started using these short-term rental sites back in the day was, you know, VRBO or Verbo was really, um, you know, the big one. And it was, uh, so this is 2002, 2003. We're really effective actually using those online sites, generating a lot of rent. But by doing that, we realized there's all a bunch of other stuff that goes along with it. Like, you know, communicating with guests, collecting money, rental agreements, cleaning services, and then sales and occupancy taxes is one of the things we stumbled across and wasn't necessarily straightforward. So we, you know, we were having a great experience with the, with the short-term rental activity, but there was some extra work to do. And, and we, you know, our, our view was this, this, these lodging taxes are a real blind spot for people. So it was, it's through that experience. We started this, this company in 2003, which, you know, was, we, we subsequently sold a company to Avalara in 2015. And now we're really the lodging tax division or business unit, if you will, within, within Avalara. So that's, that's uh, a little bit of the background on how we got started. Sure. You know, it's, it's kind of an interesting conversation because we, 
like I said, we've had uh, quite a few people, you know, based in our market, we don't have a ton of short-term rentals um, because you, you could, I don't know if you realize this, but I am near Fargo, North Dakota. So, you know, don't get I a lot of, tur I don't get a lot of tourist attraction <laughs> up in Fargo, but uh, we do have, still have uh, quite a few people who have tried the Airbnb thing for, uh, because we have a lot of service oriented and large corporations in Fargo. Sure. So it, it kind of makes sense for those types of business travelers. Yeah. Um, but in the end, I, I, I can imagine, how do you wrap your mind around all of the local lodging tax and regulatory requirements? Because I mean, that's, that's getting down to a pretty micro level. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just, that's where we've, you know, we have a whole team of people and resources committed to, to, to tracking and staying on top of those rules. And to your point, you know, we've identified, you know, over 5,000 different jurisdictions, meaning, you know, cities, counties, and obviously states, there's only obviously 50 states, but when you get to the city and county level, you have hundreds and thousands of, of separate cities and counties with their own, you know, with their own hotel occupancy tax rules and rates and all that. So yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a pretty vast, um, you know, set of requirements when you look at the U.S., but that's what, you know, we've been doing it for a long time and we have, you know, we have tens of thousands of customers. We work with very small customers. We work with very large customers like Expedia and, 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 and VRBO and some of the big brands in the short-term rental space. Um, so over years and years, we've, we've developed an expertise and, and put a lot of resources on staying on top of these rules, you know, really on behalf of our customers to make, you know, to make this, you know, the goal is obviously to make this very simple for them, let them very successfully rent, whether that's in the short-term rental market or to, to your point, you know, 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, depending on what the market is, but take off, take away this one kind of back office headache and, and make mm -hmm. that go away for them. Sure. I can imagine that this is something that uh, a lot of people kind of miss. You know, we, we're very, when we're dealing with rental properties, it's, it's in comparison, it can be fairly straightforward forward. But when you're dealing with these short term rentals, you know, you have a whole nother round of lodging regulation and taxes that, that is probably just not on people's radar. Yeah, Jack. I mean, that's a, that is an excellent point. I mean, we, we've been doing this for, for quite a while. You know, we, like I said, we started the company in, in 2003. Um, I think, you know, for years and years, short-term rentals, you know, certainly in, in beach markets and ski towns, you know, it's known, I think people have used that type of accommodation, but I'd say it's only been in the last five years or so where there's this sense that, you know, with Airbnb and, and Verbo, that these short-term rentals, are really ubiquitous and it's, it's really grown a lot. Um, but what, what, what's, what's happening, like a lot of things in the world, you know, you've got this disruptive model that technology enables for hosts or homeowners or, or property managers to very easily connect through these big platforms to, to travelers. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's, it's disruptive and it's a new way to do it. But, you know, like I said, with my experience, it brings on a whole set of requirements. If you're doing this yourself, one of these being, uh, the lodging taxes. And I think to your point, you know, the layperson is just not familiar with this. And our experience is the average person doing this, especially when they start thinks, well, I'm just renting my property. They don't have really any awareness of, 
of that they got that they need to collect the same taxes as a hotel or they need to be registered and, and licensed in the in the city and county they operate. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, again, for years it was off the grid, but I think you know as as the short-term rentals have become kind of ubiquitous, they're in every community now, and lots of communities are, are debating this. How do we regulate and manage short-term rentals? That it has become a big issue. Um, but to your point, you know, historically, that's probably the biggest challenge we've seen from our customers and for people doing this. They're just not aware of these requirements mm -hmm. uh, very often. Well, I, I, get, I would guess, and I, I'm going to say I'm probably going to be one of them. I mean, you, you have platforms like Airbnb and uh, where you just assume that uh, those platforms are taking care of it or providing you that advice and, and it's not typically the case, you know, they're just there as a platform to connect your place to their platform, to the customer. I mean, they, they, they're not in the position to help them at this, at this level. Yeah, it, it, exactly. But, but that's another thing that's really changed, especially over the last couple of years. So you're spot on historically, these platforms held themselves out as just advertising venues or marketplaces. Their whole job was to connect uh, you know, a property owner or manager with a traveler. And when it came to the transaction, you know, they really tried to stay out of that. And, and, and all the kind of the legal things that were packaged like taxes that goes along with the traction, the, the transaction, they would stay out of it. And that's between the, the property owner or the manager and the, and the traveler. But over the last couple of years, on a lot of fronts, the platforms, I think a lot of it has to do with try, trying to make the marketplace easier and more secure. Mm -hmm. They've actually been much more proactive. And on the tax side in particular, uh, Airbnb is now paying tax in most states, uh, North Dakota included. Airbnb uh, and HomeAway embarked on a similar program, I would say, uh, in the last couple of years and now pay taxes in a lot of states across the U.S. as well. So, the platforms have really kind of jumped into the space trying to do more. Uh, what a lot of people don't understand, though, is, is very often they'll pay the state taxes, but in, in, in the hotel and lodging world, there's often city and county taxes that go along with it, and they're very often not paying those taxes. So, you know, it's, it's almost in some sense getting more confusing that Airbnb and, and Verbo may are, are paying some of it, but not all of it, and, and hosts from homeowners are, are still obligated to to, 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 to deal with some of the taxes, but yeah. it's, the environment is definitely changing. Yeah. Well, with any of these disruption platforms, I mean, look at Uber and they're, right. uh, they're fighting the local governments on different things and the unions and what have you. I, I can imagine that with any of these disruptive platforms, the regulations and trying to keep up on this stuff, I mean, it's gotta be changing and the current trends associated with it must be, it's gotta be changing all the time. Yeah, I mean that's absolutely spot on. I mean these these rules and, and and Uber I think is a good example. You know, in our case in the in the lodging or the short term rental world, you know, and we and and you know when we started the company, I read a lot of statutes and ordinances across the U.S. and these these things were all written, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. They were all designed to tax, you know, to to regulate and and monitor and and tax, you know, hotels, inns you know, bed and breakfasts, there was no concept, right? There was no, there was no internet. There was no concept of, of these, you know, home sharing models or technology that would enable just regular people with a home or a spare room to, to, you know, toss it on the internet and pretty easily, 
uh, reach a guest and, and generate bookings. And, mm -hmm. and you know, obviously, you know, these were written a long time ago. Nobody was thinking the implications of, of these models. So, and I think that's, a, that, that's what's happening, not just with, with, with lodging, but some of these other models, is you now have kind of empowered people to do this directly. You don't need a, a, a middleman or a corporation or a corporate entity to do it. So you've enabled people to do it, but well, then how do all these rules, regulations uh, apply to to people? Um, and I think you know, in, the, in in lodging, I think we're we're you know we're figuring that out. There's an active debate across the U.S., but that's to your point, that's that's the evolution of this this new marketplace. Mm -hmm. So can you uh, you know we talk about income taxes and and lodging taxes, and can you kind of uh, break it down a little bit for for people as as you probably know we used to also be known as the rei rookies and uh so we have a lot of newer listeners so could we break down a little bit like what are some of the differences between standard income taxes and lodging taxes and a, and a few other concepts there yeah absolutely that's a common question that goes back to the confusion i think you know the the, the common person uh, you know, we're all familiar with income taxes, right? We all have to, at the end of the year, you know, compile our information, you know, do it ourselves, TurboTax, our account, whatever. We all are familiar with the, the annual process of filing income taxes with the IRS. And then most states, you know, there's a similar state income tax filing at the state level. But that's a once a year filing and you, you know, you get all your income and then you've got deductions, whether that's mortgage interest or, you know, charitable uh, contributions, uh, whatever it may be, and, and kind of the net amount is is, is taxable. And it, again, it's a once a year filing. You know, very different than than sales and lodging taxes. These are what we'd call, you know, transactional taxes. So it's a tax on the rent that's collected uh, on these on these transactions. So if you're charging a guest a thousand dollars for the weekend, you know, these taxes are typically 10, 12 or 15%. So that's a tax on the total transaction and we call it a gross receipts tax. So unlike income tax, there's no deductions. There's no, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's actually, the calculation is pretty simple. It's what the total amount you're charging the guest in rent times whatever the tax rate is, 10 or 12%. And then you know, the, the, the complexity really is then that tax needs to be paid usually monthly and it's usually paid to multiple different agencies, meaning it goes to a state agency and a city agency, sometimes a county agency, sometimes all three. So where income taxes are, are you know, kind of a once a year income, less expenses, sales and lodging tax, it's a transactional tax paid monthly to state, city and county governments, has nothing to do with the IRS. Um, and it's a tax on the total rent and there are no deductions. And, and again, like I said, our, you know, our, our typical customer, especially when they join may have been, you know, may have been under the impression that they or their accountant were handling this as part of the income tax process, mm -hmm. uh, which is certainly not the case. Sure. So what, can you give us some tips on how to stay compliant when it comes to these type of things? Yeah, I mean, I always, you know, I, I speak at different conferences, um, you know, in front of audiences, whether that's kind of the host or the rent by owner crowd or property managers. And I always tell people, you know, if you're getting the short term rental business, and I think, look, if you have a property, it's getting easier and easier to do. I think these platforms are making it easier and easier and it's really effective. But when you get to, you know, the, there's, this, there's just some housekeeping things you need to take care of when you do this. Tax is one of them. I encourage people to be proactive. So, you know, I tell people, if you want to do this yourself, 
you know, based on where your property is located, you need to, you need to research the requirements with the, the state, county, and city. Uh, usually there's not all three agencies involved, but sometimes there is. But I always tell people, start with the state, do internet research, same thing with the city. Um, it's your city finance office at the state level, it's Department of Revenue. Um, you know, do some internet searches, find out what you think the tax rate or the requirements are. And then I would say, you know, pick up the phone and call them and to confirm that what you're reading online and how, how, how you're seeing it and how you're thinking about it is, is indeed the same as what the rules are. Uh, and then once you figure it out, you have to, you have to register and, and fill out some application forms to either get a license or register to, to pay sales tax or, or hotel tax and whatever your particular you know, city, county, or state where your property is located. Um, and, and the internet, you know, the websites have become increasingly, um, you know, they become better and better and, and more effective to use. Uh, but you do need to be diligent and, and, and check these different websites and, and call these folks. And it's not always necessarily straightforward. Um, you know, and certainly that's the business we're in to the extent people, you know, don't want to deal with this for a $20 per month subscription. That's what we do is we'll tell you exactly what the rates are deal with all the forms, tax filing, make sure, making sure it's all done accurately and correctly. Sure. Well, I'm going to change the uh, topic on you a little bit. Since you've had so sure. much experience with, you know, other people's rental type portfolios and it sounds like your own, uh, there's a lot of interest in people getting into some sort of short-term rentals. Do you have any tips or advice on how to automate or make some of that run more smoothly? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, my first, my first recommendation is always, you know, if you have a second home or maybe people have a long-term rental and are thinking, boy, can I, can I make more money in the short-term rental market or people are purchasing a home? I mean, I think the first decision is, do I want to try to do this myself or should I hire a property manager? So that's a personal decision based on, you know, some people don't have the time to manage the property themselves. So there's a lot, you know, depending on where you are in the U.S., there, there's, there's different management company options. Um, and for a lot of people, that's a great option that don't have the time or inclination to deal with all these details themselves. Um, and that's a great way just to, you know, you will pay management company fees, but it's a great way to do it if you, if you don't have time and want to be hands off. You know, if you're doing it yourself uh, and you have the interest and the aptitude to do it yourself, then I would, you know, I always recommend use the big rental platforms, Airbnb, uh, Verbo, and depending on where you are, you know, Airbnb may be more effective for that city versus VRBO or vice versa, but use the big platforms. They're going to get you bookings. Um, yes, they do tar charge transaction fees, but I think it's well worth it. And, and anymore, they're, you know, they're only going to charge you a fee. It's transactional based if they, if they get you a booking. And increasingly, these websites have a lot of the tools that you're going to need. For instance, you know, they collect all the money through their, their payment systems. Um, taxes, actually, you, can, you, know, you list your tax rate on there and they'll collect the tax as part of the transaction. Um, they have email and communication tools. So the, you know, the big platforms like Airbnb and Verbo are, are increasingly make it easier and easier. Um, you know, we're certainly available for the, for the, for the regulatory and, and lodging tax part of it. Um, you know, and I always encourage people, you know, the other part of this kind of the record keeping accounting, you know, QuickBooks is a great option, you know, depending on how, how capable people are in Excel, you know, Excel even works. I usually tell people like, if you just have one property, you know, don't overthink it, keep it simple, use the systems that work, that work for you. Um, whether that's QuickBooks or just keeping a spreadsheet, 
Um, but again, use the, use the big platforms. They, they, they'll get you bookings plus have tools that you need to, to help, to help make it easier. You know, we, we, we know of the big players in this market. Are there some under some, uh, some up and comers that we might not have have on our radar yet? Yeah. That, I mean, kind of a two part answer, you know, the big players, I think there's been consolidation or the big players have become so big that they really dominate the space. I mean, it's really, you know, Airbnb, HomeAway, VRBO, which is the same company. Uh, you know, TripAdvisor has a short-term rental brand called, called FlipKey. And then Booking.com is really the other big one. They're very big in Europe, mm-hmm. but they're, they're also getting big and increasingly large here, here in the U.S. So those are the big sites people use. The second part of my answer, the, after that, then it gets very regional. You know, then it gets to, you know, if you're on the Jersey Shore, there's, there are local Jersey Shore sites. If you're in, um, you know, wine country or Sonoma, California, there are some local sites that, as you can imagine, Jack, it's highly fragmented. You know, I, I think some of those are effective. I'm obviously not familiar with, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of, of localized sites at that point. When, when you look at, you know, when we look at surveys or information or research that's published on the industry, you know, the majority to vast majority of bookings are coming off the big sites. So that tells me they're probably very effective. And I think based on your location, there may be some regional sites that, that can help you. But, you know, the big, the big sites is always the place to start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's tough to say what the effectiveness is of some of these, these regional sites or even really be aware of them. But other than those kind of the big companies I listed on a national basis, I haven't seen lately really any, you know, any big players coming. I mean, Google is entering the space like, you know, Google enters everything. But I think they're really just, you know, partnering with the big, with the big Airbnbs and Verbos just to kind of uh, promote that inventory in a different way. Sure, sure. Well, you know, I, I always end our conversations with uh, one last question. Is there any question you wished we would have covered or asked today? No, I think we've had a, you know, we've had a, we've had a good, but, but pretty short conversation about the, you know, short-term rentals, um, you know, the merits of it. The one thing I would say is, and, and I kind of touched on this earlier, if people are thinking about it, I mean, I was very nervous, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I just jumped in with my one property. I was very nervous about it. I think you'll find it's, you know, people are thinking about it. It's easier than you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is guests, you know, these, these guests, you know, sometimes people worry about having these types of guests in their property. These guests are typically very respectful. Um, they're very well behaved. I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years and, you know, there's only one or two examples where I could say, oh, that was kind of a difficult guest interaction, or I had some issues with a guest. So um, it, it's, it's, it's easier than people may think it is. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, too, that, you know, you and I chatted before the, conver- before the call that uh, uh, we were looking at, a, a, looking at this uh, a couple times. And frankly, we haven't been able to get the numbers to work because of the, you know, in, in our area, uh, just turning it over each time a, a tenant was through, uh, it would chew up any cash flow that it, right. that it would generate. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, some markets are going to be very strong for the sh- the short term rentals. You know, some some markets aren't. You know, that's going to be kind of a market driven function depending on where the property is located. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's you know a one size fits all for wherever you are in the world. Sure. 
Have you, do you got any tips for travelers on the other side? Like uh, what, what should a person look for or red flags when they're looking at listings to, for their stay? I'm putting you on the spot now. Aren't yeah, you? no, it's, it's fine. I mean, <laughs> look, and it's it, this, I'm going to say, it and you say, well, that's really obvious, but it's, you know, when you start shopping these websites, you know, listings that have great photos, um, you know, I think that fair and accurate representation of the property uh, is good. So, you know, look at the photos, but also look at the reviews. Now reviews, you know, you can go through these sites and it feels like everyone now has five star reviews but it's a good thing to look at. And there may be comments in there that say, hey, this was great, but you know, given the stair configuration railings, I was really concerned about the toddler. I mean, you can pick up things like that when looking mm -hmm. at the reviews. The other thing I would say is, you know, depending on when you're booking, you know, don't be shy. I mean, maybe ask for a discount or negotiate a little bit when you're using these sites. It never hurts to ask. And, and depending on if it's a last minute booking or late in the cycle, there can be, you know, there can be a lot of negotiation and disc discounting that happens. Yeah. I've been uh, trying that myself. We've been, uh, you've read the book, the Aladdin factor. Uh, just try to get into the habit of, of asking because you'd be surprised how often you might get something a little extra or, or what have you. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, for my own property now, if someone's asking for a booking a year out, um, I'm probably going to say no. Right. Cause I'll eventually mm -hmm. book it. But if it's, you know, if it's, if it's two or three weeks out and it's not booked, uh, I'm going to be willing, you know, well, I'm not going to give it away, but I'm going to be willing to, to make a deal just to, just to get some rent for that weekend. That's probably going to go unbooked. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what, I, I guess I would have never, thought about that when uh, booking an Airbnb or something, you know, I, I just would have, wouldn't have assumed that that is something that could be done. Yeah. So no, it's relatively doesn't, common. Doesn't, yeah. It doesn't hurt to ask, right? Exactly. So, well, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for joining us and uh, where can everybody find you if they want more information or, or follow you? Yeah. The best place is our website, which is my lodge tax com, And you know, we get information about our service, but if you click around, there's also resources, you know, tax information by state. We have a free kind of a cool tax rate lookup tool where if you're not sure what the requirements are, you can type in your address and it'll tell you what the tax rate is for your location. So it's our website, mylodgetax.com. And there, there's all kinds of information and resources. And, you know, we, we also have a 800 number. We're, we're happy to pick up the phone and, and talk to people if they have more questions. Do you dare give that phone number now? Um, you know, I don't, uh, this is, this is embarrassing. I don't have it off the top of my head because it changes <laughs> no. from time to time, but if you go to the no. website and hit contact us, it's, it's there. No, I, I completely get it. If you, <laughs> if you asked me right now, what my, the phone number is on my webpage, I couldn't tell you either. Right. So <laughs> sorry to yeah, put I'll you on there. the spot, <laughs> but I really appreciate your time. Thanks for, for chatting. And I hope again, we can do it again soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content, and if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash housedudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at housedudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember... Massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. 
This episode is brought to you by HouseDudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com slash investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is First Come, First Serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com slash investors. I don't like to tell a man what to do with his money, but if you ain't investing in property, then you're dumber than a dummy. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. Well, buy property. That's my advice. 